It's the Flyers Forecast with Steve Jacob and Craig Forsythe taking a look at your Flyers week ahead. Hello, Flyers fans, and welcome back to the Flyers Forecast, the only Philadelphia Flyers weekly preview show that I know of. There might actually be dozens of them out there, but I don't know of them. I don't know they exist. So guess what? They don't exist, according to me. Yeah. Suck it. Kidding, of course. I'm Steve Jaco. This is Craig Forsyth. How are you tonight, Craig? I'm doing great. I'm like the Flyers. Oh, already yeah. with dunks. Uh, I'm doing all right. I mean, you know, it's uh, Flyers' uh, last couple games not looking great, but I, as a person, feel okay. Steve. Dr. Dunks, MD, is here. Dr. Dunks, PhD. Thank you. Got to get it right. Got to yeah, get it I didn't go to law school for nothing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> for my PhD. Let's talk hockey, folks. Let's, let's talk about that hockey. So not a great week for the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers. Not at all. They went 0-1-2 last week. And sadly, the first overtime loss was their best game of the week in which they lost to the, the Washington Capitals in a shootout. And then they would go on to blow a game against the Ottawa Senators and... The New York against the Islanders, yeah. Three goal lead against the Islanders. But guess what? That is for the BSH brief plug time to talk about. (laughs) Not so much for the forecast. Let's look forward, not backwards, and always twirling, twirling, twirling. Let's talk about what's on deck for the Philadelphia Flyers. And let's start off with a big story that just came out today. Morgan Frost. Morgan Frost has been called up to the Flyers, and that's very exciting news. Now, Farabee and Frost both up with the Flyers, and uh, just exciting news. Always good to see the kids play. Yeah, yeah, this is uh, something we've all been waiting for, and we weren't sure when he was going to get called up, but feels like the right time to do it. Uh, team has been sliding the last couple of games. Uh, could use an offensive uh, punch. Hasn't really been scoring a lot either. And with this, you can now fill in the top three lines with, actual three offensive forwards so the top oh, wow. three lines now look pretty decent uh and then the fourth line uh, they didn't do great uh, over the weekend but they, they've looked so good so far in the time together so i'm pretty excited pretty excited about frost being up honestly i mean i think we all are i don't know anybody who's like no thank you but uh, <laughs> <laughs> like morgan frost god yeah. give me brady do you think there's any flyers fan that's just like Ugh, enough with the morgan frost type there, oh, uh, there's definitely somebody. It's just not somebody I want to be friends with. Yeah, and we're not, so that's good. But uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and apparently Morgan Frostman called out. That's the main move. Uh, and it sounds like he is going to play with Drew and Konechny on Tuesday. He's going to center that line. Oh. And then, the, uh, and then the other top line will be Limblanc, Couturier, and Farabee. So breaking up the uh, the infamous uh, Limblanc, Couturier, Konechny line. <laughs> And that's the only name we've ever heard for it. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, I never, yeah, I've never heard anything else. I've I've never heard another name for it. That's a big move for Frost to immediately come up and be centering the captain and the jerk store. Like that is immediately being just thrust into a pivotal role, and I like it. I I love it a lot too, because you know Drew's a little slower now, but these three guys together are all pretty creative offensively. They're probably, I mean, they would have been at one time like the three most dynamic players on the team. But Frost and Konechny up there, I mean, Drew's going to be setting them up too. So that line is just going to be a lot of uh, 
a lot of offensive creation, I think. And then the top line, I'm, I mean, the top line is going to be a lot of uh, Limbaugh and Couturier setting up Faraby, I think. Because I think, uh, think Faraby needs to be with a player like Couturier or Limbaugh and uh, put them on both on the same line. I think I think that's just setting them up for success. But, uh, yeah, man. I mean, Frost, playmaker. Not really a shooter, more of a passer. So I'm kind of surprised he's with Giroux and Konechny because they are all kind of pass-first players. I think Konechny is the one guy who who kind of shoots first out of the. the no, actually, field. no. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're not. But you're right. I mean, my concern with that line is they're a little undersized. I think they, I'd be a little concerned they're going to get tossed around a little bit, especially yeah. with bigger lines out there. Yeah, uh, you know, maybe a little problem getting the puck back in the ozone. It could be a problem, but I I, I don't want to see them. There should be a lot of speed on that line. They should be able to get chances in transition, right? Like, I, and I feel like it's probably the. Uh, I mean three most offensive oriented players right now. Well, JVR is a lot of offense. Well, not really scoring, but uh, I guess you'd call him more offensive oriented. Vortex is not exactly a two-way player either. Not exactly known for his defensive prowess, Art Jake. <laughs> but, uh, here we are. Morgan Frost, yeah. it took, what, like 20 games? They are, yeah, 20 games. Six, 10, 6, and 4. So, uh, I think Bill is the first one I threw it out there about Frost getting called up midseason, and uh, and he was right. So hopefully he stays up. And we were kind of worried about Faraby at first, I think, but Faraby's been up the whole time, and I don't think Faraby or Frost are going to go anywhere now. Hopefully. No, I, I would be shocked if Faraby went anywhere at this point, even if he hasn't quite been as on fire as he was when he first came up. But, I mean, Frost is – I'm hoping they give him a nice fair shot and – I hope he's with. I hope both these guys are with the club for the rest of the year because I just think they add a different dimension to this team and the less. I don't want to call certain guys dead weight, but the less dead weight you have, <laughs> you know, I do want to call him. I like Tyler Pitlick. Come on, I know he scored in the Sens game, but man, the less dead weight up here, the better. And if you can roll four good lines, I think you've got the best possible hockey club you can have. Yeah, I, I think the question will become. I mean, once if Nolan Patrick ever comes back uh, in his career, where would you who would you take out of the top nine here? Who would I take out of the top nine here if Patty Nolan's himself were yeah. to to make an appearance in this season? That's actually a tough call. And yeah. dare I say the the seven million dollar man Kevin Hayes? Ooh. Oh, I know it's spicy, <laughs> but I don't know I. He would be the first guy I'd kind of consider taking out of there, but I don't know. I mean, I'm going to throw this out there, and I don't think anybody's talking about it. Why don't we just trade Voracek? Have we thought about trading Voracek yet? Because then we could just move him, and then you could just plug Patrick into the top nine. So let me be the first person to trade. I want to be the first one on record saying I'd like to trade Jake Voracek. Craig Forsyth, first large fan thrown out there. There you go. Well, I got bad news for you. You've just been blocked. <laughs> As per usual. As per usual, how's the the rest of the team doing so far, Craig? What what kind of numbers are the Flyers putting up so yeah, far? Yeah, let me uh, let me do some hashtag. Well, these aren't really fancy stats, but uh, ten six and four plus one goal differential, which is right about. I mean, it's average, right where they should be. Uh, tied for eighteenth with two point nine goals per game, eighth with two point eight goals against per game. So still doing pretty good in terms of uh, limiting the number of goals and chances against. Thirteenth with a twenty point two twenty point eight power play percentage. 24th with an 84.2 PK percentage. Now, I was I wanted to look at that because I don't know if I remember last week, but I think they're around sixth. 
and then we talked about Kevin Hayes and how great he's doing. So to go from 6th to 24th in about a week span is a little concerning, but I think a couple of things that played into that are the Flyers really don't take a ton of penalties. They are the 6th least penalized team in the league. With They've only been shorthanded uh, 57 times this year. And during this week, they uh, they had back-to-back games where they gave a power play goal. So that I would imagine that probably did numbers to your, your penalty kill percentage in one week. So Yeah, I mean, it's still nowhere where it was last season where it felt like they were giving up a couple power play goals a game. Yeah. I, I think this is like this looks like a thing that I think next week they could just be back in the top ten again if they don't give up another goal. Like each time they give up a goal, I think the percentage is going to drop a lot because they really don't take a lot of penalties anymore. But anyway, uh, they are top half of the league in terms of driving play, and then they're in the bottom half of the league in expected goals for percentage. They're uh, 18th, and then um, still doing all right in terms of limiting the uh, chances against. So they're 14th now, 2.22 expected goals against per 60. Um, and the Corsi against per 60 is still at, they're still six shot attempts per 60 um, against, they're still six. So they're doing pretty good in terms of uh, limiting the shot attempts against. Uh, I mean, this was just a rough week in, t- in terms of their numbers because the Senators game, they just, I mean, they put up numbers in the low 40s for both uh, shot attempt percentage and go- expected goals for percentage, which is terrible because you never want to be below half on that. Uh, and they did that for the Senators game, which they should have won. And they did it against the Islanders, a team they should have pretty much been outplayed the whole time. So uh, not not great this week. The numbers took a big hit, and it's because their last two games were kind of uh, kind of ass. <laughs> so yeah, losing that's, to that's the Ottawa Senators will have that effect. Yeah, and I mean, I, I luckily we both missed it. So I, I mean, I'm going to go back and see what happened eventually, but. Uh, yeah, missed a 2-1 loss for Tyler Pitlick scored in Ottawa. I'm not going to say I'm too upset about missing that game. <laughs> that game's a trivia question five years from now that you're going to stump me on. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, I'll definitely. I mean, year 2024, fly probably. Remember that answer, Steve. It's definitely coming your way. <laughs> I'll it's going to come up in Senator or Senator one day. I'll be honest. You could ask me You could ask me this question next week, who scored in that 2-1 that Ottawa Senators game, and I, I would have no idea. I think if you ask me anything about Tyler Pitlick outside of his name, number, and what team the Flyers got him from, I, I mean, I, I, forget, I think he's right-handed. I forget at the moment. There you go. Who knows? There's no way to tell. I mean, all right. So, uh, yeah, Tyler Pitlick's still a friend of the show. Big fan. Friend of the show. Big fan, yeah. And I, I So, Craig, looking at some injury news, what injured Flyers center – might come back this week. Oh, building up all the tension, Steve. It's uh, all Scott, attention. <laughs> Scott Lawton <laughs> might play on Saturday, according to AV. Uh, he is wearing a non-contact jersey right now, and then uh, I think AV said if everything goes right, he could be in the lineup for Saturday. So again, looking at that top line. Well, I imagine Lawton coming back that would just knock off either uh, Andrew Off or Pitlick, and I would imagine it would be Lawton. Or, I mean, I imagine it would be Andrew Off. Lawton would not take law and out of the lineup just an fyi but well I think Lawton's gonna threaten anybody who tries to take him out of the lineup well you've seen that stare that that serial killer stare oh, i'm not saying that scott lawton's a serial killer i'm just saying he's got a stare reminiscent of somebody who who might harm you do you think there's a timeline where scott lawton's a time traveler and um he goes back in time like he because he's some 
he's a murderer. So he would go back in time to try and kill himself before a major event happened further down the line. <laughs> we got... This is a... Look, we'll start right on that. Don't put this out. This will just be a recording for us. We can make millions off that idea. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll take this out. Please note, Steve, to make the edit at the 20-minute uh, mark of the recording. Lawton, Lawton versus Evil Lawton. Lawton v. Evil Lawton. Uh, that sounds like a million, just a million-dollar movie. It doesn't make any more than that because it's the year 2019, and if a movie makes a million dollars, it's a tremendous bomb. But let's let's get away from movie. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Flyers. And the Philadelphia Flyers this week start off their week playing Tuesday night in Florida, the mecca of hockey against the Panthers. Just a hotbed of hockey activity down there in Florida. They love it in Miami. And the Flyers are going to take on former Flyers coach Joel Quenville and the Florida Panthers in what should be an exciting hockey match. Should be a lot of offense. Uh, it feels like uh, Panthers coming in 10-5-5, even goal differential, but they've won three of their last four. Uh, 3.55 goals per game, so they're fifth in terms of that. But they're also they also allow 3.55 goals against per game, so they're 28th in the league in terms of yielding goals against. So they score a lot, and they give up a lot of goals. Uh, so that's why I would like to see Carter Hart on Tuesday, because he might be able to just take him out of the game himself. But uh, they are also fourth on the power play and 14th on the PK. Top 10 uh, play driving team, and they're also 16th with a 50.06 expected goals for percentage. And when and uh, in terms of limiting quality chances against, they're 26 with a 2.39 expected goals against per 60. The per 60 thing is just a way to equal out all the numbers. So, you know, you evenly play 60 minutes and figure out a rate. So, yada, yada, yada. But, uh, and they're also be without a big, big name defense from Kenzie Weger. Uh, Weger. I mean, the name's long, but would you say he's a big name? <sighs> good night and good hockey. No. <laughs> I, I mean, does this help the Flyers? I actually am not that familiar with this player. Uh, no, he's not. No, he's okay, not. good, good. So, I mean, he, but, uh, so, yeah, it's just a long name. Yeah, it's just a long name. <laughs> yeah, I see. Uh, and, but, uh, yeah, well, I believe he's the only uh, injury note, uh, and it sounds like he's just not going to be coming back this week. Uh, and uh, So they, do you mean to say that the perennial – perennially most underrated player in the NHL is not injured for this game? I don't, I don't believe so. I believe uh, Barkov is extremely healthy. Uh, extremely but healthy and extremely underrated. Extremely underrated. Unlike his teammate, Jonathan Huberdeau, who has 27 points in 20 games after he had 92 points last season. And nobody wants to, nobody wants to talk about him. I would actually call Huberdeau underrated. That's I think Huberdeau and Dadanoff are now actually underrated because of how much everybody, you know, yells about Barkov. <laughs> yeah. Like Huberdeau, uh, yeah, what was it? Because he had 30 goals and 92 points last season. He had 27 goals, 69 points the year before that. And I feel like he was he was a top pick, too. Uh, and just nobody, uh, like, I feel like the league forgets about him sometimes. I don't know. Uh, he's tied for seventh uh, in terms of points across the league uh, with Austin Matthews at seventh. And then pretty good. Not bad. And then our friend is a net Bobrovsky seven, four and four. Not our friend, the red, uh, you not know, our friend, the red, our other friend. Bobrovsky. Okay. <laughs> our friend, Bob seven, four, uh, seven, four and four, eight, 82 save percentage, 3.53 GAA and a shutout. Do you Ooh. remember that time over the summer when some people were throwing out getting Bobrovsky? Yeah. Our friend, the Bob not doing so good so far. Great. Yeah. 
And, well, in his defense, it sounds like uh, Panthers not exactly playing defense, but still, he got paid big bucks to make uh, big buck saves. And it looks like he's well, not. And, and, and Bob is, I mean, he also started very slow last year, if I recall. Yeah, yeah he does. Yeah. He's a, uh, it's some slow starts and then also doesn't really show up in the postseason. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting goalie one that uh, with Sergei Bobrovsky, but I'm going to keep dunking on him until he retires just so we don't have to question trading Bobrovsky at all. I'm just going to keep doing that. <laughs> I'm going to push it off until I don't have to talk about it. I'm questioning that trade till the day I die. So <laughs> yeah. here we are. I heard somebody in passing mention that he is the only active two-time Vesna winner. And I was like, all right. That sucks. Like, I didn't realize that. That kind of does sting a little. I'm actually legitimately surprised that Henrik Lundqvist does not have two Vesnas. I, yeah, I will say I did the hero that on the NHL network, so maybe they were lying. Who knows? I don't want to take fall for having that stat wrong. As you guys know, I'm, not, I'm never wrong. So if that is wrong, that's on that's on somebody else. Bad look for the league if their own is getting these things wrong. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Well, I'm trying to think of. Uh, I think Henrik might only have one. He should have more than one. I think he only has one, actually. Well, I mean, he would have to if that, unless that guy was lying. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I'm think I'm hoping it's a win. I'm thinking because of how they played over the weekend, they should come out a little pissed on Tuesday. I think Carter Hart will be on his game. He hasn't really been off his game, and uh, the Panthers are going to try to outscore you rather than beat you in a low-scoring game. So I think some of these things kind of play into the Flyers' hands. Hopefully they play into the Flyers' hand. Uh, and also the the, penalty, the power play is huge for the Panthers, and you know the Flyers haven't been leaking goals in the PK, but I'm sure I'm sure they're looking at the same PK numbers I just talked about, so they're probably not happy about it. So I think a lot of it, a lot of the areas the Panthers could kind of uh, have strengths against the Flyers should be areas the Flyers are focused on going into that game. So I'm hoping it's a win. I think it should be a win after the letdown on Friday and the, the blow in the lead on Saturday. Yeah, you, know, you would hope they'd come out kind of pissed off after those last couple performances, but yeah. they're the Flyers, so you never know you what never you're going to get. And I will say, too, this is kind of important for a wild card spot, theoretically. I know it's November, but you need to get those points. That's all I'm saying. And the they're bad. very, I'd say they're very similar teams that are yeah. going to end up. I think going neck and neck for that playoff spot. So we will see, but we, we do have a whiles to go on that one. And then the Flyers continue through, I guess, what used to be the Southeast division. Or whatever you call <laughs> yeah. it. But uh, they're taking on, they're moving up to Carolina. Who knows which Carolina? There's no way to tell. And to take on the bunch of jerks known as the Hurricanes. Yeah, that's right. They're traveling to East Carolina on Thursday to take on the 12-7-1 uh Carolina Hurricanes, plus 11 goal differential, currently on a three-game winning streak. Top 10 in goals per game, tied for 13th with 2.95 goals against per game, uh, 7th uh, with a 23.8 power play percentage, 11th with uh, 11, 83.3 PK, and then top play driving team, and their third in terms of expected goals for percentage. So the, I think what's going to happen on Thursday is probably going to look like what happened the first time these teams played, where the Flyers are just going to get outplayed the whole night. It's going to be a lot of Carolina throwing pucks at Carter Hart or Brian Elliott, but hopefully Carter Hart. But it should be a lot of just uh, a lot of play in the Flyers' defensive zone. And then they're going to have to hope Carter Hart stands on his head and they can respond with a few chances back. What a game plan for the Flyers this year. Hope Carter Hart stands <laughs> on his head. 
Well, I mean, this is like I've I kind of feel like I've been saying this about the Hurricanes forever because they've been able to do this. Where some of the uh, not maybe not this year or last year, but before they've always been good at driving play, but they couldn't finish and they couldn't get a save. So all every Flyers Hurricanes game in the last couple of years has looked kind of ugly because the Hurricanes are they're just going to outplay you, or at least look like they're going to outplay you with just constantly throwing pucks at the net or in the, you know getting shot attempts out there, but. An entire team of Oscar Lindbloms. Yeah, I really, I don't know. I feel like that's a good way to put it. I really do. I think it's a fair way to put it. And then Dougie Hamilton can't stop scoring goals. Their defense is pretty good. And you put a pretty solid 18 skaters in front of Peter Morozik, I guess he isn't too bad. I guess. Where the puck is and faces towards the ice and, you know. I would very much characterize Morozik's numbers as not too bad. Morozik currently... Oh, yeah. Has he's nine three and one with a nine oh four save percentage and a two six two GAA, which is, I mean, it's all acceptable numbers. Nine four ain't bad. Nine oh four gets a job right now. I think. Sure, oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny because Reimer is clearly getting like the worst luck out of the two because he's three and four record wise, but he's got a nine oh three save percentage <laughs> and a three oh seven GAA. So almost a, a nearly identical save percentage but the GAA and the record are just way off but they're they're basically the same goalie with the same it's just very odd but I mean at the same at the end of the day their goaltending could be better and they'd be better team with a better goaltender but they're making do Steve if I go back to Mrazic and Reamer real quick uh I mean obviously Mrazic just wants more that's why he's got six more wins goalie you know goalie wins aren't a dumb stat they're not a dumb stat. They're a relevant stat. Yeah, you should use. be counting first and foremost when we're thinking about the Vesna. I say cut out the save percentage. Garbage. Useless. Did they win or not? Go forward. That's my opinion. Anywho, Eric Hall is also going to miss this game. He missed the first game. Uh, it's because Rod the Bod apparently said he's going to miss some time with a knee injury. That was earlier today. And then uh, they are not involved in a back-to-back or anything. They have off the day before and after the game against the Flyers. All three teams the Flyers play this week are – there's no weird uh, schedule quirks with, with any of the games. Uh, every team's coming in with a day of rest, and they don't play the next night. So uh, we should be getting – should be card hard against every team, and the Flyers should be facing each team's top goalie. So, yeah, I, I guess in theory, Mrazic. And then uh, – And the Flyers don't have about 18 back-to-backs this week. Yes, yes. So they should. There should be no excuse. There's no. Uh, there's no kind of but, defending them before they play the game. So hopefully, there will be excuses. Yeah, they'll definitely. They'll, we'll figure. I'll find some more excuses. I'll figure out something. I'll find some weird stats that nobody else knows, and then I'll share them and pretend like that's why. Uh, that's why they lost. You know, I'll do my usual defending. But uh, let's. Uh, I mean, and then the Flames game, which uh, I mean, I I think the bigger story is with a, a rumor or an article that was written today involving the Flames. Steve. Oh, the the Flames should trade Johnny Gaudreau ASAP? Yeah, and I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I would trade him a <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he only had 99 points last year. That's it? And that's out. That's a fucking problem, you know? <laughs> nice problem to have. Nice yeah. problem. Yeah, I, I just... I really wonder what's going on with that team because they've had, like, a weird... Ever since they lost to the Avs think they've had an identity identity crisis and that's why they were that's why they traded for Luchik. uh that's why they were trying to bring in Ronaldo and Devonte smith pelly and guys like that because i think they thought they weren't physical enough and uh if you feel that way 
Johnny Gaudreau probably isn't an ideal fit on your hockey team. And I'm going to jump out in front of this and say, I don't think it's the best idea to trade him. Uh, hot take right there. But we'll see what happens with that. It's almost, it's almost like you'll regret that decision forever. Yeah. It's almost like you should keep players that, I don't know, had 100 points last year. But I don't, I'm not a hockey guy. You know, I don't fucking know what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's neither that here nor there. But the Flyers are playing the Flames. And that's a 1 p.m. game. That's an afternoon game, which I, I I thought they were getting away from this year, but it's good to see that sprinkled in there again. I know the Flyers were making more of a concerted family-friendly effort last year. And I don't know. I, I know they don't have to do it every weekend, but it is nice to do some 1 o'clock games, get oh, yeah. it done early, and, uh, you know, see the Flyers early, and then you got the rest of your day to get over that Flyers loss. I was going to say, or just drinking the Wells Fargo parking lot until uh, the Eagles tailgate. So that's you know just nonstop drinking, but yeah, I like the I like the afternoon games too. I think this is the first afternoon game besides the season opener. I think it is. I didn't. I don't care to look that up. No, I'm gonna say that's right. Uh, but the Flames are coming in 10, 10, and thirteen, or ten, ten, and three, not ten, ten, thirteen. Uh, minus ten goal differential. They're coming in on a four game losing streak with no points on the last three and a six zero loss to the Golden Knights on Sunday. Yeah. Not great. Not great at all. So they, they're coming into the game 29th with 2.52 goals per game, and they're 18th with 3.04 goals against per game. So those numbers alone aren't aren't great. Uh, power plays 19th, PK 6th, and then they're 6th in uh, shot attempts percentage and 14th in expected goals for percentage. So their underlying numbers are all right, but power play is not great considering who's on that team. And then the goals per game is unacceptable considering who's on that team. And they're not really great at keeping pucks out there on that, too. And they don't have a good, like, Dave Riddick and uh, some guy named Cam Talbot. I don't know if you guys remember that, uh, that person. But they're not really goalies that can steal games for you. Or at least they can't routinely do that. So I, I'm thinking the Flyers are lucky to be playing the Flames on Saturday because they're catching them at a pretty rough spot in the schedule. Or a really, pretty rough part in the season. I mean, considering their record and that type of article coming out today at, uh, Seems like the Flames aren't exactly in the best place. And I, I mean, they should be working their way into like possibly being one of the biggest disappointments so far this year. I know the Fla- or the uh, the Leafs and the uh, Lightning are kind of making a good case for that, but I, I, I was expecting the Flames to be pretty good this year. They still can be, but like I, I don't know, they've it's been disappointing so far, and you really have to wonder if their overreaction to not having enough muscle is to blame for a lot of this. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it is. And it's weird because, like, the Avs aren't that t- The Avs beat them with speed. Right. And like, well, oh, and gonna... how bad does that that Neil for Lucic trade look right now? Well, I mean, terrible. I mean, it really does. I And I thought I thought it was bad at the time. Like, I thought it was good for the Oilers at the time because at least Neil – my whole argument was that at least Neil had upside to go and score goals, and now he's gone and – score goals and Luchik is not he doesn't have that in him anymore all he's good for is punching people in the face and giving you 25 points or something terrible all year long like and he's just slow now he's the worst I that trade was just a, a it just symbolized what their mentality is now I think they think they're too they're too small and weak and they're trying to bulk up and I don't it's a fine mentality if you had it with skilled players that can actually move but if you're going to keep trying to acquire the Luchiks of the world it's going to be a 
it's going to be a bad time. And that's what they're going. I think that might be what they're going through now. And hopefully a uh, little banged up on the blue line too. Uh, Hamnick left the game on Sunday uh, after he blocked the shot uh, against Anaheim. They're not sure if he's going to play on Tuesday. And then TJ Brody, I don't know. I, I don't think he's going to play tomorrow after he collapsed at practice last week. I know he missed the game on Sunday as well, but uh, if those two guys are out and also Sam Bennett missed the game or their last game as well. So, the way they're playing and those three names out. In your humble opinion, the Flyers should win? Yeah, I'll, I'll do IMHL. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> okay, you'll be humble? Yeah, I'll say, uh, so I think this week, realistically, I think I, I think they'll go 2-1-0. Oh, or, well, you know, don't make your prediction. That, uh, we all know... Craig, I know, it's been bad. <laughs> we all know Craig Forsyth's prediction is not worth a damn. It's not worth a wooden nickel or some sort of old-time <laughs> thing. It's the, uh, I actually, I mean, if you listen to me and you bet on the other thing that happened, you kind of, I feel like I owe a percentage now. I owe like 10% of that cut. You know what I mean? Cause I'm this in- is your, this is your DraftKings bet of the week. Do whatever the opposite of Craig Forsyth says. Whatever I think's going to happen, whatever I walk through in my mind, go, okay, so that's not happening. And then bet against it. So, uh, I think they beat the Panthers. I think they lose to the Hurricanes and I think they beat the Flames. All so- right. Expect a solid one zero in two weeks, everybody. Perfect. Perfect right there. And speaking of poor predictions, let's look at our players of the week again, where Craig has yet again failed spectacularly in picking a player of the week. He picked Kevin Hayes last week, and Kevin Hayes did jack shit. Kevin Hayes got negative points. Kevin Hayes got no points, and they got called out by the coach. So I... He was awarded no points, and may God have mercy on his soul. (laughs) We're all a little dumber. For hearing me suggest Kevin Hayes should have been the player of the week. So this week, actually, Steve, why don't you go for You're the only one that's picking these, right? Why don't you name your player first and then I'll go. And, and by right, I mean my guys are getting a point on like the first game after I pick them. <laughs> at least that's something. <laughs> Put me. Oh, I mean, I will say this. Uh, the Flyers only got two points in the standings this week, and the game on Wednesday was a two to one shootout loss. So they kind of needed Forjek to uh, make some moves at that moment in time, and they did. So. You know, it's maybe the one positive thing Voracek's kind of done all year, but yeah. came at the right time. Yeah, yeah, so I picked Jake Voracek last week, and he did have that really, really spicy assist with Claude Giroux on the game-tying goal in the Capitals game. So uh, nice job by Jake there. We saw a little bit vintage Voracek there, and nothing since. But that one play, very nice, and it was pivotal to that game. So, hooray! <laughs> this week... I am feeling, and this is not a huge surprise here, but I'm going with my boy Oscar Lindblom. Oscar boy! Oh, baby. Oscar Lindblom has been very, very good this year, and I'm just, I'm feeling like he's got potting a couple more goals this week. Yeah, I think that's fair, and I think maybe uh, switching up the lines might help him too. Kind of uh, put connecting on the li- another line so teams can't just focus on the only good line the Flyers have had recently. So I think he might give might be given a little more space to work this week and uh, he can put bucks on the back of the net. Oscar Lindblom, Oscar boy, uh, the big L, Oscar the grouch, and the Swedish stack. That's a good I like it. That's a solid pick. I, wanted to, I would pick him too, but usually that's not how these things go. What happens is... <laughs> you also, you forgot the Atomic Blom. Atomic Blom. That's actually, yeah, that's probably my favorite one too. I mean, that's, the, that's a pretty good one. Uh, so... As Steve has pointed out, I'm pretty good at guessing things, and I picked Kevin Hayes last week, and, you know, he's still doing Kevin Hayes things. So this week, I wanted to uh, pick Tyler Pitlick because, yeah, 
I think he's going to have a big week. I think he's going to score a lot of goals and a lot of points. And this way, if what's been going on happens, they'll just get zero points and the Flyers will win. How so, many pits? Not- how many pits could a pit lick lick if a pit lick could lick pits? Now say that six times fast. Tyler? Is the answer Tyler? Is that the, the answer? Is Tyler? Yes, it is. It is Tyler. And I don't know why it was six times fast instead of five <laughs> times fast, but that's the world we're living in. Do you think he's heard that yet? I'm not sure he has, and I very much challenge any Flyers beat writer to go into the the locker room and with a straight face ask him that. Yeah, so we're looking at Maddie and Charlie on that one. We'll yeah. see who comes through. Yeah. See who's a real journalist on that. I think you need to ask Charlie about that next time you're on BSH Radio. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe. We'll see. I... <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to not get banned from BSH Radio, but I'm trying to get you banned. <laughs> well, yeah, it'll be all right. I feel, like, I feel like if I said that, though, Charlie would instantly ban me, and then Seth would say, yeah, finally. I mean, we're doing, you're finally out here. So I, we'll see. I'll, I'll check it out. I'll, I'll feel the vibe in the room, see if I can slide it out there. But I... Yeah, so Tyler Pitlick's my choice. Big offensive explosion. I mean, Andrew Alf and Raffle have been setting them up nonstop. It's pretty much been a shooting shooting gallery when they're out there, so I'm going to go he's, with If you picked him last week, he scored a goal, so you would have been <laughs> somewhat right. Uh, yeah, you know what? I mean, that 2-1 to one loss. Well, well, we'll talk about that. We can't. We, we, we've already tracked this. We can't, give it. we can't give you all the tangy tent the right tangy, here on the fire. Some of the tangy tent's got to be safe. You can't, you can't get it all. Exactly. And speaking of the remaining tangy tent, listen to Fly Purbly. You can follow me at Fly Purbly or at SD Bomb. You can follow Craig at Sports Are Bad. And what are you working on for Broad Street Hockey right now, Craig? Steven, uh, line by line, either out today when you're listening or at the very latest, latest Wednesday. And if I put it out Wednesday, I'm also going to do something for the Caps game tomorrow night. And that is what I got going on. Uh, and then I would also guess a fly purpley on Friday. Yeah. It is, you know what the forecast is for fly purpley on Friday? Yeah, Looking at tangy. Tangy with, tangy with a chance of donkey sauce. We, we, all right. Yeah, that's uh, 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 <laughs> Also, be sure to listen to all of our great Broad Street Hockey podcast content that we have coming for you all week. We got the BSH Brief. We got Bill Matz and his post-game shows. We got BSH Radio. And as I mentioned before, we have Fly Purbly. And checking out the competition, so much good content that you can only hear on Broad Street Hockey. So be sure to rate, subscribe, listen, all that good stuff. Folks, That's all we got. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, good night and good hockey.